Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Simon Coles. What an amazing morning. I would say, I would say you can sit down if you like, but I'm going to get you to stand up in a minute's time, so it's up to you. You choose, okay? Um, an amazing morning so far. Um, United guys, sorry that you're in here today. I asked for you to stay in here today. So don't blame Josh and Georgia, you can blame me, okay? Um, because I think today God really wants to speak to us about a fundamental word in our walk. Um, so if you just stand, I just want to pray. Um, so we just, I did tell, I did warn you. Um, so Father, I just thank you today that you want to meet with each one of us, Father. Thank you that you don't just meet with us because you want to give us a tingly feeling, but you want us to respond to what you say. I thank you this morning with that worship, it's about our response to you. It's about what you say in our lives, how we respond to you, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, now that you just, you've been working all morning already, Father, but we just set our hearts to respond to what you have to say to us, Father. I thank you that this morning is going to be a freeing morning. It's going to be a morning where the penny drops. I thank you, Lord, it's going to be a morning when we realise that we've been lied to and deceived and the truth will set us free. So I just thank you, Father, today that it's not my words, but your Holy Spirit ministers to us and as a people we move forward together in what you have for us. Amen. If you want to take your seats. Okay. I've got some questions for you this morning. So how did this all start? For you. Why are we here today? Why did God call you? What is it that God has for you personally? What is it God has for you? Why in some areas, certain areas, isn't it going to the plan that you and I have? Or maybe it's just me. Um, I can't answer those questions for you, but I thought they'd be interesting just to ask you anyway. Um, but I, I, I do really want to go through some, through some basic principles about why we are here and why God has us here and what that then means, okay? Because there's a response needed from that. So if you turn to me, these verses should come up on the, on, on the um, screen behind me. But where did it start? So what was God's plan of salvation? So in John, 1 John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only one Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So we all know that verse very, very well. That was God's plan. So in basic terms, man had sinned, okay, at this point, and fallen short of God's best for him. And then God gave the law to Moses to show man that there's nothing that man could do to bring himself back right with God. That's what the law was there for. There is nothing man can do to fix the problem that man had created. So God sent his son, Jesus, to fix that problem, to be the, death, to, to be the thing that bridged the gap between us. The only way to bring that unity with God through, was through the acceptance of what Jesus did. The cross is where death was defeated and the separation caused by sin was taken away and Jesus took it on himself. That is basically the gospel. So if, you, if you're not a Christian in here today, that's basically what the Christian faith is about. Man, God created man to have relationship with him. Man disobeyed God, tried to, tried to over the, those years with 
um, you know, Moses and Abraham try and make it right, but actually realise they couldn't make it right. And then God sent Jesus to die for him on the cross to bring that relationship back because we enter into that relationship through Jesus. That is it. That is the basic gospel of what God did. But have you ever asked yourself, if you were God, what, you, what your plan of salvation would be? I hadn't actually until I was writing this the other day. And um, would it have been, well, we'll be a good, I'll be, I'm a good person. That'll get me back to God. Would it be helping the poor? Would it be going to church? Would it be good works? Would it be being confirmed? Would it be being baptised? Would it be saying Hail Marys or leading a small group? You know, they're things that we do out of who we, who we are, or some of them anyway. But we as humans think it's our responsibility sometimes to bridge the gap between us and God. And none of these things are particularly wrong, but they won't ever bridge the gap that we created by, by sinning. Only Jesus can do that. That's the truth. Only Jesus can bridge the gap. I thought you'd be more excited about that. But anyway, it's still early and it is hot. And we can't, oh, we have, they have opened the doors. Rachel, you don't need to pass out now. They've opened the doors. We do these things, all those things, out of the position God gave us. But those things that we do can never, ever give us the, the position in and of themselves. That we do good works out of our position of who we are in Christ. We, 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 we look after the sin, we look after it, but they will never bridge the gap, and that is the truth. So it doesn't matter what we do, we will never bridge that gap. Don't worry, it gets a little bit more, it gets a little bit more um, upbeat in a minute, okay? So if, in, in John 19, he says this, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I always read that as it's over, it's, I've done my bit, it's over. But when I was preparing this week, God really spoke to me about it's over for us too. He'd done everything, he'd done everything. Now, do we believe that? Do we believe that he'd done everything for us? That's what makes us born again. Because actually we enter into that new life. So, you know, when we use these words like born again and, you know, being a born again Christian, all we're, all we're acknowledging is, is it was what Jesus did for us that entered us, gives us the access back to God, okay? Because we were separated through God and it's only through accepting what he did that actually reunites us. Very simple, isn't it? But when you look back, I don't know about you, before I was a, a believer, I was a believer very young, but when I watch people on their journeys and we're all on a journey, okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. It's not as easy as that, okay? It was the simplest decision we ever made. But some of you haven't made that decision today. You'll get an opportunity later on to do that. But I'm just going to try and talk to you through why, what, what the cross means for, for, for the first time and what the cross means to each one of us today. Because that's where, that's where, it got, that's where everything changed, when Jesus paid the price for us and reconciled us back, okay? But there's one word for me, that I've always struggled with. And that is surrender. It's surrender. So in Matthew, you can turn there if you want, 7 verse 13, it says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. So I'm going to do an illustration. I felt slightly left out. Charles, um, Clive, Pastor Clive and Pastor Colin, 
um, have these use chairs as illustrations. And I've never been able to use chairs, so I'm going to use some chairs this morning to try and illustrate what I mean. So don't worry, it's not going to be the chair of rest. Um, I'm not going to bring that, bring that one back out here. But I just want to illustrate how a gate works. So that we just have to pretend this is the gate. Okay, so this side is what we're all born into, sinful, fallen nature. That's the kingdom of God on, through the gate. This is where we all start out. So actually, there's a, there's a, there's a misconception, actually, that, that, that we, for some people, we don't need a saviour. The Bible's very clear. All of, us, all of us fell short of what God did, and that's why Jesus, sent, Jesus was sent, so we can enter into this door. And I've left my notes over there. So let's just say this is the wide path, this is the wide bit. So there's the gate for Jesus, so we're all here at some point in time. Or maybe you are still today. We're all here. So some of us live this way. Let's just say debauchery, sex, drugs and rock and roll. Not even interested of this here. Just doing our own thing, looking that way. Okay? Some of us, some of us didn't. Some of us were brought up in Christian families and, 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 and we actually went to church and we did stuff, but... But actually, those things didn't get us through the gate. This is Jesus. Jesus gets us through the gate. So we, we may have gone to church and we're looking in to what the kingdom of God is. Maybe it was, maybe it was um, doing good work to that. But actually, you have to go through the gate. And that, and that is, basically, is basically as that, okay? Um, this is about what Jesus did. This is about what we do. So we cannot ever bridge that gap. We cannot get in to the kingdom of heaven through this, through without this. It's as simple as that. That's what, that's it. God's plan, God's rules, okay? That's just as simple as, no point arguing about it. That is what he said. The only way to me is through my son and what he did. So once, I guess, lots of us here have walked through this gate, and then on this side, it becomes all easy, doesn't it? Everything just happens, everything you touch, to, to go. nothing goes wrong, everything's fine. That's what happens, isn't it? Oh, it's just, it's not me then. Just, it's not just me then. Okay. So when we enter into that, where there was nothing of us that we did, because over here is all about works. Everything in here is about grace of what Jesus did for us. But when we get back onto this side, I don't know about you, Maybe my mentality goes back to works again. It's about me again. So over here was about what, in, in my own life, doing stuff. But actually, I've entered into where I need to go through the grace of what Jesus did and the power of the cross. And then I suddenly think it's all about me again. Something not quite sensical around that. And that's what I want to talk about this morning, okay? So I'm gonna, if, you, if you bear with me, I'm going to give you a bit of my testimony, okay? Kids, sorry if I embarrass you, because you all get mentioned in it, and so are you, mum and dad, okay? So, <laughs> because life happens around you, okay, and the reason why I wanted the United guys to be in here today, or all of us to be here, is fundamentally the lie of our performance, okay, is to be broken over our lives today. It's about what Jesus did. 
it doesn't matter where you are today and, and, and actually what you've done. We'll talk about it in a minute. There's a way back, and it's called the cross. It always goes back to the cross, okay? So I, got, I was born again at the age of, I don't know, six or seven, something like that. And my mum thought I would become sort of angel child. That was the first revelation she had, because I was already an angel child. She just couldn't see it, okay? Um, and off we went to this thing, first ever faith camp, okay? 36 years ago. And when I was doing this, I realised something. Um, if Pastor Colin is 78 years young now, and it was 36 years ago, he's younger than I am now when we went to that first thing. And it just seemed like these two, these, these older gentlemen up there, which makes you realise where your life, how quickly your life goes, goes before you, okay? So I don't know how that happened, okay? But it did, okay? Um, and, you know, there's where... So, so, over, since we made the decision around this was going to be the last faith camp, we didn't actually need to make a decision. God spoke and we were just obedient, to be fair. There was no decision process in it, um, if I'm honest with you. A lot of people have spoken to me about what were the early faith camps like. There was three at Newark and then there's been the rest at Peterborough. And we lived just outside Nottingham, hence why we went there, okay? Um, and I just want to share a couple of things in my early memories of faith camps because this is in the early 80s long hair don't think i had a perm then but um i had long hair no i was seven i didn't have a perm at that age um why your parents ever let you have a perm at 13 year old you have to you have to question their parenting skills don't you okay anyway so there's two things i remember strongly okay the first one were these ridiculous dry meals they made us eat this week, okay? They were awful. They were these packets, the sort of thing you'd have on an... Es- I don't know where they thought we were going, um, but they thought we were going up Everest or something. They were disgusting, okay? And the second thing was every night after the main meeting, I'd go off to whatever the meetings were then. Um, I can't really remember. Mum and Dad would come back, and I'd gone with a friend of mine from school. And Mum and Dad, like, like me and Katie, they don't argue. We just... They just have heated discussions, you see. That's what, me and Katie never argue, just have heated discussions. And my mum and dad taught me that get by of, no, we're not arguing, because that's wrong. We just have a heated discussion, which looks like an argument, OK? <laughs> um, and there were these two grey-haired fellas who used to stand up at the front. Let's just call them Bob and Colin. For one reason, really, because that was their names, OK? <laughs> OK? Um, and they'd stay up and they would, they would open the Bible and tell the truth. And then every night... This is how I remember it. It's probably not true. Like every night, mum would come back and she'd be like, he said this and he said that. And I can't believe that. And I don't know if my mum was born again at that point in time. I don't think you're yeah, yeah, shaking her head. She wasn't. He said this and how can it be that? Okay. So if I had a time machine now, what would I do? I'd go back and I'd say, mum, narrow gate, narrow gate. Doesn't matter whether you like it, narrow gate. That's, that's the reality because you can't bring it in with you. It's the narrow gate. It's the narrow gate. You've got, to, you've got to come in through that narrow gate. Also, if I had a time machine, I'd say, please don't buy those awful meals because they were ridiculous, okay? And then I got, obviously, was, I was born again, spoke in tongues, and then over the next few years, I sort of bumbled around as, you know, my parents were Christians, fanatical Christians, actually. I think they were being described in those days. They weren't fanatical. They just believed the word. And that was what was defined as a fanatical Christian in those days. Okay, Because the word is, is, is the plumb line. It doesn't change. God doesn't change. Okay, So therefore, if we're criticised for believing the word, 
okay, or what it says. We can do it in love. I'm not talking about getting on a soapbox and things, but the word is the truth of God, and we shouldn't be embarrassed about it, okay? Whether, irrespective of what the world thinks, it is the truth of who we are. And that's why God says it's the plumb line of what we do, okay? So I went to faith camp every year, give my, re-give my life to Jesus. Anything, any touch of the Holy Spirit, give my life to Jesus. Must have done it about 97 times, I reckon. Any altar call, straight up, okay? Um, parents, I'll just say to you, don't worry if your kids do that. Don't worry, encourage it. Because all they're doing, right, is responding to, to what God is doing in their lives at that point in time. They're bringing, so we had to have a surrender at the here. There's a surrender that goes on. You can't get in with your rules. It's God's rules. You have to have a surrender here. And as we work on the journey, which I'll show you in a minute, we, we, we have to have a daily or weekly or every time there's an altar call, surrender. So if, your kids, give, if kids keep going up, just encourage them, okay? Yet there is, a true, there is a time when we are born again, okay? But actually, the process of bringing us into alignment with God is the same process as what we did at the first, first thing, Okay? As adults, we, we over-spiritualise this. We call it rededicating our lives because it sounds better than, 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 than you know, giving our lives to Jesus again because um, we know that we know we can't do that. So, but it's repentance and, and faith and actually the, hen- the, clean- the cleansing of God. So then I went off to university, a bit of disobedience in there because God said come to Bible college beforehand. I'd met Katie, which, which, which was wonderful, but we were just disobedient together. Um, um, if I'm honest, okay, um, and I'm not joking about it because because it's I'm joking about it because of the mercy of God on my life, okay. Because I don't know where you are or what you were doing or what you were doing yesterday or what happened to your life in last week. Nothing separates us from the love of God. My disobedience didn't separate me from the love of God, and 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 He had His hand on my life. So. We got married, so I went to university, didn't go well, I left. Um, then we came to college. Now, don't get me wrong, coming to Bible college was absolutely fantastic in one sense, but it's absolutely painful in another, because God took my, took my life apart in, in actually a lack of surrender. There's a reoccurring theme for me in terms of lack of surrender in my life, okay? Um, and I only wanted to do in my Christian walk what I wanted to do. That's the reality of it. I only wanted to do what I wanted to do. So it was a bit like a pick and mix. So I'll, I'll have a bit of that. Don't mind tithing. Tithing was okay because it was a transaction. It, okay, there was an element of money, but it was actually less costly, okay, than some of the other things, like meeting people or having people around for dinner. You've got to be joking. You know, those sort of conversations Kate and I had, you know, the submission in my lives. And it's different for different people. And I'd pick and choose what I wanted to do, okay? So... Let's just bring a couple more chairs in, like, like Suki said last week, about being aligned and those rails. So I'd really, really encourage you to listen to Suki's word yesterday um, on the podcast. So let's just say these are the rails. They're completely in line with the gate. So this becomes the pathway that God wants us to walk. It's quite narrow still, okay? Still quite narrow. So this is a pathway of obedience. I think it's mentioned in the Bible somewhere. Um, so I'm going to share with you actually how I live my life and how what I actually thought, okay? So I knew that God had died for me. I knew that he, his mercy extended to me. But I really thought that 
that I didn't, as long as I did enough of things that God wanted me to do, it didn't matter about the ones I ignored, okay? So, so I knew his grace, so it extended to me. So this is how I would live. I'd live through this thing, then I'd go over here. See, I'm still in the kingdom, still saved, because it wasn't about me, it was about what he did. But this is where I lived my life. And then I'd come back here, maybe at faith camp, and then I'd go back there. Or maybe I, I, maybe I wouldn't for another thing, and I'd go over there and get into other things. But God's best for me, and all of us, is banging this middle line. Banging this middle line. So he, he, we, we, we make the choice to drift over here. See, this here, right, was a free will choice. You had a free will choice to enter or not. The, the conditions are quite clear. You know, you, you, I'll swap your life for, for my life. And when over here, we're over here. But actually, we still have our free will. He doesn't make us robots. So therefore, these things, when we go off here, we go, well, you know, God, God's okay about it. He's not. He's not okay about it. He'll allow us to do it, but it isn't the best. He wants us here. But he's not going to step over our free will. So if you're over here or over there, well, if I, when I was over here, who, 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 whose fault was it? It was mine. Now, I could say, well, God, I was saved. Everything should be easy. Why isn't it going the way that I thought? Because I'd made some decisions. And I had to live with some of the consequences of those decisions. So I, I knew he forgave me. I knew he loved me. But I wasn't living in God's best for me. Things didn't happen as I thought. I was frustrated. I was irritated. I complained. I even said things like, it's not fair. I tithed, I went to church. I was a small group leader. All these things were great, but I hadn't dealt with my issue. Do you know what God said to me one day? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And what was he waiting for? He was waiting for the same surrender in my life over whatever this was inside the kingdom for me that I had to make when I came in. He was waiting for a character change in my life to actually give the parts of my life that I didn't really want to. Did he do this because he didn't like me? Or did he realise, or did he do it because I needed to realise and still do continually day by day in this, that he was in charge and who was God? Because sometimes I think we real, we, well I did anyway, I'm not going to, if, if the cap fits, wear it. How about that? Because I don't want to offend anybody by saying you or me. But I'm going to talk about me. But I'm hoping that some of this resonates with you. Because God wants to release some stuff in our lives. Okay? And actually, some of the stuff that he doesn't release, we, we, can't, we, we, we need to have a, a stance change. A stance change in what we're doing where we respond to God. Because we had a stance change on the way in. Okay? Because we had to bring ourselves in line with him. Not the other way around. It isn't going to work over here. God is, if you're here and God's word is there, he isn't going to move it. He isn't going to move it. It doesn't matter how much you pray, it doesn't matter how much you give, it doesn't matter how, how nice you are, it doesn't matter what it is. He isn't going to move it. Okay? Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to digress a little bit here, try and make the point. Okay? With our, with our eldest son, okay, we had this naughty step. Okay? We started with Joss with a naughty step and he actually spent quite a lot of time on it between three and six. <laughs> was it a punishment chair? Okay. 
I never saw the naughty step as punishment, okay? But the children obviously do see it as punishment because they've done something and then there's a consequence, okay? For me, the naughty step was never about punishment. It was about a change of stance in the child, okay? And for them to realise there are consequences of non-obedience and I wasn't going to be pushed around and dictated to by a three, a child. You know, children will try and push you around and dictate to you. That's what they do. They're programmed to do it. That's what they want to do. You're there to, to otherwise they're going to go off on wherever, okay? So, so that's where we're at. So when Georgia came along, less issues, much more compliant. Uh, much more compliant. And then Zach came along. <laughs> and now those of you who know Zach, okay, yeah, he's lovely, absolute to bits. So I sit him on this naughty step, right? And with Joss and, with Joss and George, it was all polite, polite. Zach would just go, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> Straight to the issue. You're not the boss of me. And I'd go, I am the boss of you. You're not the boss of me. Well, you're going to stay on that step until you tell me that I'm the boss of you. He'd be on there hours sometimes. <laughs> not quite hours, right? But it felt like hours, okay? Because he wanted to change the rules in my house. Well, he doesn't set the rules in my house. I set the rules. Well, we set the rules in my house. <laughs> and we don't always agree. We don't always agree. But we, we try not to disagree in front of the kids. It's harder when they... Because now they're older. We have a plan together. And, you know, for parents, if, you, if you've got... Diff- you know, you need to have a plan and agree a strategy together about what you're going to do doesn't always work but, and, they will, and they will try and pummel you on it but just, just, just keep to the plan and the plan is it's not a popularity contest and whatever you do it's for their best not for yours okay and we'll move on that's a preach for another time um, I do have it in me okay a preach about that because actually I think that as, 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 as parents we need to separate our love our children loving us from dis, dis, discipling them because actually we owe it to them to show them the way. Yeah. And I don't know about you, God doesn't make it easy for me. He doesn't let me dictate in this bit. So there's a father thing in there. But anyway, we'll leave that one for now, okay? So in Psalm 139, are these coming up behind me? Verse 5. It says, You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Do you know what I realised? And I realised day by day that I'm the issue. Katie knew that, obviously. It's probably not the greatest revelation. And when I got into my late 20s, I realised, maybe early 30s, not so long ago, um, it wasn't my lack of anointing. It wasn't that no one here believed in me or I had no opportunities to serve God. But God was waiting for me to change and realise I needed to trust in him and his path. Because without realising, I was over here. And I said, God, release me, release me. Why isn't it working in my life? Why isn't it working? Because he was saying, well, when you come here, we can talk about it. When you, when you come here, we can talk about it. Because he didn't change the rules here. He isn't going to change the rules here. Sorry if this is, this, this is pretty basic stuff, okay? But actually, I think it's really, really p- releasing in what he needs to do, okay? Okay? So I couldn't manipulate God. And I'd sat myself, let's not call it the spiritual naughty step. Let's call it the disobedient step. He had promised, because while I was over here in the wilderness, wandering around, the promises of God that he spoke when I was over here, still true. He hadn't changed, still true. 
I changed my position. His promises were true. They hadn't changed. Did he do it to punish me? No. He did it because he wants the best for me. And the best for me was teaching me to yield to him. Teaching me to yield to him. Not for, not for any other person, but for my protection and my long-term benefit. Because when you get over too far over here, you, you put yourself at risk. You put yourself at risk. That's why it talks about keeping short accounts. Sorry, I've just lost track of the time. All right. So what am I praying for and hoping for at the moment? Shall I tell you the honest truth? Easy life. I really like an easy life. <laughs> I really like an easy life. A simple life. And do you know what? I don't think it's ever going to happen. And, and, and because God, I think, I think it's about trust, isn't it? Walking on this path is about trusting God. Who do we have our trust in? Okay. So some of you have done the freedom course. Some of you haven't. Okay. I'm just going to tell you what I love about freedom course. It's 12 weeks and a weekend where God has the ability, where God has the time and we have the heart response to him for him to deal with things he's always wanted to deal with. He's always wanted to deal with it. The things he dealt with me at the Freedom Course, if I'd have, if I'd have positioned myself with him when I was younger, he'd have dealt with them then. Okay? We change our stance. Okay? We have to go and do something. We have to do it. It, it takes away the baggage. It releases us in areas. We surrender. It's designed to make you change your stance, okay? 12 weeks of prep, 12 weeks of discussion, two days of meeting with him, and it removes some of the excuses. And I'll just ask you today, if you haven't done freedom, you should ask yourself the question, why, okay? Is it because you think you don't need it? I have not met one single person thought it was a waste of time. In the USA... In Horsham, Crawley, Worthing, or South Africa. Because God's word works. His spirit is powerful. If you go on the freedom course and you think it's a waste of time, I'll make a deal with you. I'm not going to give you your money back, so don't even ask. But, but, but I, you can come and tell me you told you so. Because that's really, really important that we do it. But I can't, I can't force you. I can, we can guide you, we can suggest, we put these things on, we say the things that we do as a leadership, not because, because we want to, it's because it's the right thing to do, because we want to allow God, for your own free will, to choose what you, what's right before you. Now, you have free will. It's a pain in the neck, um, to be honest, because free will is what we think, because God doesn't, as soon as we step off, smack us, we think it's acceptable. And it's not, because... We make good decisions and wrong decisions, okay? Some of you are in small groups, some of you aren't in small groups. Same principle, okay? Some of you sit on the sidelines and look in. We as a leadership want to encourage you to get involved. We don't want small groups full so we can say 80% of people are in small groups. We want you to live your lives together. We want you to live as a family because we work this stuff out. Because family, you know, you know when you go off on one and you get some really weird ideas... It's great to have family around you because they just go, that's a load of rubbish. What are you on about? God doesn't work like that. That's not what God's doing. That's what being in family is together, okay? There's a fundamental difference, okay? And this is the key between two processes that go on, what I've done here. One is about justification. 
which means how we got into the kingdom of God. Okay? Jesus justified our entrance. Okay? Jesus justified. Nothing we did is a completely free gift. His blood, his cleansing is what justified us. This walk we go on here is about sanctification. Don't confuse the two. Just because you get this over here, it doesn't devalue the power of what he did in your life. It's not about you, it's about what he did in his life. And that's what we sometimes we trip over. Because we get something wrong, or we realise we've done something, or we go in a little pity party, oh, I got it wrong, I wish I'd listened to you, all that sort of stuff. It's all about the cross. Because it's that blood, and it's that, that cleansing water that, that, that frees us. Okay? It was the same on the entrance point, it's the same on the journey. So, the cross is the gift that keeps on giving. I thought of that one myself, I quite like that, you know. <laughs> The cross is the cross is the gift. It's not a one-time thing. It's the life of where we come from, the blood. And when I say cross, about what the, everything that what Jesus encapsulates for us, the cross and what it did, because the power of death was broken over our lives. Okay? So in in Hebrews it says this: Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new living way opened up through for us through the curtain. That is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. That's about when you're over here. God's got a plan. He, knew, he, he knows we're going to wander off. But it's all about what he does and what he did on the cross. And then it says this. Funny, this is about small groups. And let us not consider, um, uh, and let's not consider how we may spur one and on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. Funny that, isn't it? It says, join a small group. That's what my Bible says. <laughs> As some of you are in the habit of doing. Because that was happening then. Because sometimes we believe a lie which says, you'd be better off on your own. Those people are really difficult. They don't think the way that you do. Go off on your own. Well, actually, the point is, is about maybe you need to change. Maybe I need to change. Maybe we live it out together. Maybe there's safety in this. This is what the bird tried. There's safety in this because there's always an answer. And I, and I say this as a, you know, as a leadership thing. We often have some interesting conversations, but it should be the safest environment ever because we're called together. We, we, we know, we know we, we, none of us are perfect, but God forgives us and we have a plan. And it comes from saying, do you know what? Sorry, God, I messed it up. Can you, can, you, can you bring me back to the place where you were? Your blood comes, we wash clean, we start again. It is the gift that keeps on giving. I don't know about you, but I've had an amazing great time in the last six to nine months with God. I've had some massive highs and some massive challenges, whether it be camp, finances, just change, and also relational stuff that's come up to the surface in the last 10 years. And we have a decision to make, you know, is that good or is that bad? Because I believe that, that God is bringing things to a head because they're acceptable where we were going, but he has something in front of each one of us that we're going to have to do, and he wants to get that out of our lives. That's not, that is not because we've done anything wrong. It's because God's saying, I've got more for you. I've got more for you. I've got more for you. 
and he wants to deal with it. In the same way, there's certain things that we had to surrender. We need to surrender in our lives so we can move forward. So you can sit there today with challenges going on and you can look at it in two ways. Everything's going wrong. Well, actually, do you know what? God's got something amazing for me and this thing that's always been there, he's going to deal with it today and I'm going to move on and I'm going to move on into the next things that God has for me. And this is incredibly biblical. So if you, it, on, in Luke 18 to 29, it talks about the rich young ruler. And I've read this so many times. And if I'm honest with you, I thought it was a bit mean to start off with, okay? Because this guy goes to God, goes to Jesus and says, certain ruler, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You should not give false testimony. Honour your father and mother. Sorry. Um, All these I've kept since I was a boy. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? It's slightly, I mean, using money there as an example. But what Jesus was saying to him, is this, look, so get rid of everything. So when you come in, you're not, it's not going to pull you. So get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Because then we can walk together. And that tug for your money or your family or, or your position or whatever, enter, you know, we'll leave a space here. It might not be money for some of you guys. It might be, it might be saying, for me, it was money. Okay? It was the love of wanting to things and position, actually, probably more than, than money. And God wants to deal with it in the same way here. And he deals with it because that is the most pastoral conversation Jesus ever had, was sort those things out and let's go on this journey together and it won't pull on you. So therefore, today, what is it that God is saying to you? What is God saying to me? What is God saying to us? Just close your eyes. Jesus got to the nub of the issue with the rich young ruler. He he didn't care about the money. He never cares about the money. He cares about the condition of the heart. And he'll wait for us to freely surrender because he will never change the way that he is. He didn't force you in. He will wait for us to make a free will choice. I believe that God wants to deal with some nubs today in our lives. So we're going to respond through communion. Now, this, one of the things I've realised is this is between you and God. I can't, or no one can pray for you and help you in this. This is about surrender in your life and my life. The Holy Spirit's been ministering all morning to you, talking to you about things, encouraging you. He wants to deal with these things because he has so much more for us. But he can't, we can't move forward with them because that's his rules. He wants to release us into something new. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus or understood it in these terms, I 
and you want to go on a journey, because this is a journey that's a free will journey, but actually we give our life to him. just want you to raise your hand now and we'll pray about it. We'll meet together at the end and we can talk about this. Anybody here today that wants to make the first time commitment to Jesus, just raise your hands. For those of us who are Christians today, let's not run from him this morning. Don't run away. Don't make excuses. Don't try and understand it all. We didn't understand it when we entered in. We're never going to understand how it is. Our, our job isn't to understand it. Our job is to be obedient and surrender to what God says on a daily basis. I know it doesn't sound like we always want to be in charge, but we're not in charge. God is in charge. Fundamental issue. God is in charge of your life. But he'll allow us to make choices along the way. The door is very narrow, but on the other side of the door is a loving, graceful, merciful, forgiving Father whose heart is to see the best for you. And the best for you might not be what you want, but you gave your life. So today is about which bits did we give. So I'm going to ask Pete to come up and play, and we're going to respond to him through communion. I don't know if a keyboardist wants to come as well. And the... And the I don't want to say stewards because they get upset. Well, they, the Connect team want to come forward and we're going we're gonna to respond. That's why it's a bit further back. Can come and just move the tables out. We're going to respond through communion today. So if you, if you want to just, just close your eyes, see what Jesus is saying to you, see what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. He loves you. He made a way for you. But you might want the way to be over here. But the way's here. And God is, not going to re- God is not going to negotiate with us. In the same way I wouldn't negotiate with my children, I, God is not going to negotiate with me. Because he knows best, because he's God. And he knows, he knows exactly where we need to be. So he's waiting. He's waiting today. He's waiting. He's always waiting for us to come to him. So I think it'd be good if we just stand and we just worship. And then when you're ready and you've dealt with what you need to do in your heart, okay, before God, just come and have communion. Come and do it on your own. There is a time for family communion and husband and wife communion, but this is about your journey. And I know we go on journeys together as families and stuff like this. This is about you and him. So Pete's going to pray, just, just, just respond to him. But please, be honest with God. Be honest with him. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.